Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, again for this awesome day, and we thank you, Lord, that we can be in your house today. We thank you, Lord, for each and everyone here, and I, I pray, Lord, that you will open up our hearts and our minds again, Lord, that we can, can hear what your Spirit wants to speak to us today. As it says in your, your word, Lord God, those who have ears, let them hear. Those who have eyes, Lord God, let them see. We thank you for that, Jesus. We welcome you in this house today. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Who of you guys are expectant today, expectant to hear something from God? Yeah? Raise your hands. Everyone raise your hands. That's it. Everyone is expectant because otherwise why are you here? <laughs> yeah? You are here, it means you are expectant. So um, I'm truly happy to, to share today with you. Um, just before we begin, while we were worshiping, um, the Lord sh showed me s someone with um, not s sore feet, um, what do you call it, uh, feet with uh, needles and pins and needles, or needles and pins, pins and needles. Ah, the English again today. Woo have mercy. So if there's someone here today with that, with that, that got pins and needles in your feet, I just want to, and to meet with you afterwards. Amen? Amen. Let's start. So today I'm, I'm going to speak about choose whom you will serve. Choose whom you will serve. Thank you for Marissa for the awesome <laughs> design. <laughs> Classic. Choose whom you will serve. So, so these last few weeks, I've worked through the book of Daniel, and there's so much that we can see in this book. You know, it's a book full of um, signs and wonders and uh, um, miracles. You know, there's, there's lots of accurate and precise prophecies. Um, it talks about courage. It talks about in integrity. But most of all, it's a story about kings and kingdoms. Now, kings and, and kingdoms is a big theme in the Bible. It's most likely the only big one that there is. We read about King David. We, we don't know about this, 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 the secret of King Melchizedek. We... I hope I said that right, Melchizedek, you know, and we, we see the story of kings and kingdoms from way back in the big, big beginning in Genesis all the way to the end in the book of Revelation. And as we can, can also see in the, 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 the word is that many of these kingdoms, they've come and they've gone, come and they've, they've gone, but there's always one that we read about that lasts forever, and that's the, the kingdom of God. And ultimately, Scripture talks about the kingdom of God. You know, but we say, you know, but Scriptures are all about Jesus, right? It's, it's about Him and Him alone. It's all about Jesus. But if you guys think about it, what it 
Jesus talk about all the time. He talked about the kingdom of God. Always kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. The book of Mark says that wherever Jesus went, he proclaimed the kingdom of God. If he did a, 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 a miracle, it was about the kingdom of God. He taught the kingdom of God. If he, if he told a, a, a parable, he talked about explaining the kingdom of God. So it's always about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Even when he, he, he drove out demons, he says that when he drives out a demon, then what? Then the kingdom of God came upon you. It's always about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. When he hung on the, the, the cross, there was a, a sign on his cross that said, Jesus, King of the Jews. It's always about kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. So today, um, I'm going to look at a few practical ex 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 examples um, between the two kingdoms that he always talked about from the book of Daniel. And it's, what's quite uh, interesting, in this book, it actually starts off with, um, it actually st starts off, off with a, a kingdom that got um, overtaken, that got conquered by an, another kingdom. And this kingdom that got conquered was actually the people of God. It was, it was, um, it was Israel. The new kingdom that conquered them, the kingdom of Babylon, was a very worldly kingdom, full of, um, full of idols and just their whole lifestyle. It was all worldly. And we know that this kingdom of Babylon, you know, um, we read about them from. Genesis 11, all the way through to, I think, to Revelation 17. So this kingdom of Babylon, is, it's, a, it's a picture for us today. As a, a, it, it represents systems and governments for us as well today. So just keep um, that in mind for now. But let's, um, let's follow the story of Daniel and see how he, what happened with him links up to where we are now and today. So if, if you guys can open up your Bibles in Daniel 1. It's near the end of the Old Testament. And we're just going to read verse 1 and 2. Daniel 1 verse 1 and 2. And you can also look it up on your version for you guys that uses the app. Daniel 1, verse 1 to 2. And it says, In the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, I struggle with that name, king of Judah into his hand 
with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. So here comes the one king, Nebuchadnezzar. Tried to say that fast five times. Here comes this one king, and he conquered Israel. And he went there, and he took some articles. He took some articles from the temple of God in, in Jerusalem, and he put that in his own temple in the city of Babylon. What do we see from that? It's a way like the Babylonians then, they had a king called Marduk, M-A-R-D-U-K, Marduk. So he was their equivalent of God. So for them to take some of the things in the temple of Israel and put it into theirs, for them, they saw it as, hey, we conquered your God. We conquered you guys. That's how arrogant they were. And if you think about it as well today, where we are now, there's so many things that God made for us to tell us who He is. But then the world came and they took it and made it their own, saying in a way that they... They conquered our God. We don't have a God. If you think about things like, for instance, the rainbow, and I think this might be sensitive, but, but it's fine. <coughs> the LG, LGBT communities, they took over the rainbow and made it their own. It represents who they are, acceptance of everything and everyone and all. But it's not theirs. It's a promise. The rainbow is a promise of the Lord God not to destroy humanity ever again. It's a promise of His grace for us, His mercy for us. It's not something else. If, if you think about the... If you think about love, love is from... God, true love is from Him. Now we have this thing, hashtag love wins. And everyone puts that up everywhere because you know what? Love wins. Love overcomes everything. Love this, love that, which is true in a sense. However, the love wins movement says let's make everything acceptable because God loves you as you are which means he doesn't want to change you, make you a better person. So it actually takes away, that whole thing takes away from the truth of the word. It takes away the authority of God and it, it tries to make it theirs. So just as the people in, in Babylon way back then took things and tried to make it their own, so it still happens today, but it's not theirs to take. It's still God's, and he will one day come and take it back. Amen? Amen. So 
I'm, I'm going to stick on these two verses just a, a little bit. What we see today is many people, they, they idolize things, lots of things. They want this and they want that because it makes them look good, feel good. But with that same heart, they don't want a relationship with God. Like I know for myself, way back, um, you will not think it actually happened, but I wasn't obedient to hear the voice of of God when it came to my, my offerings to church, my offerings from tithing. But I spent loads and loads, and you might laugh, but I spent loads and loads on pre-workout and protein shakes and all of that. It doesn't look like that way now, which comes to show it's only temporary. But I spent so much on all those things, but I didn't help to build the house of God. Where was my idol? I was in church on a Sunday for a quick hour in a hard chair, but six days a week, I was in the gym. <laughs> you, you can't say it now. Anyway, so it, it's, all, it's all about where our hearts is. And what I've seen with that is when my f- focus was so much on the things that I loved, and to try to build those temporary things and to put those those idols in my house, um, it led to some issues. And I think many of us can sort of relate um, to to financial issues, to relationship issues, you know, because where's our focus? Well, where's our hearts? People tend to honor God with their words, yet their hearts are far away. In this story, Israel had a temple, and there was lots of things in the temple, but they worshipped all the things in the temple, but not the God of, of Israel. So they worshipped a lot of idols, and because of that, that's why God allowed them to fall into captivity. So that's why we have to be careful what and who we worship. There's so many believers here today that they struggle with so, so many things. But because why? They're in captivity. Seventy, because of so many things that they put before God. Because if you put Him first, you'll be free. The truth will set you free. He is the truth. And the thing is, the sad thing is, is that so many of us do not even know that we are in captivity. It's like a stronghold. It's there, but you don't even. Now it's there until the Holy Spirit opens it up for you. Amen. Let's read verse 3 to 7. 
verse 3 to 7. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, asparagus, the, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men um, in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possess, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. Um, verse 5. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies, and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And verse 7, to them the chief of the, the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, Belteshazzar, I hope I say that right, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. So here you get these four boys, which most likely then were still in their teens. So they took them all the way from Jerusalem across the desert to the city of Babylon. And the Babylonians had a strategy on how to take these young men and leaders and to indoctrinate them, to brainwash them. So what they did is they took the, the exceptional ones. They took all the, the men, wise young men, that will be influ influential in the future. Um, they took some of the leaders, you know, nobles, and tried to indoctrinate them. So if you, if you think about us today, where we are now, how hard is it, and I say this with much respect, how hard is it to get men in church to follow God and to be the leader of their households? The world tries to indoctrinate us and, takes and take away from what God has implemented for us to have. So the same thing that happened then, it still happens today. Amen. I mean, so what they, what they did with these four men is they gave them good wine and food and a free three years of degree in uni in Babylon. How awesome is that? You get everything for free. It is all good. It is all well. Good red wine from South Africa. They loved it. They got caviar and everything. All they had to do is to serve the king. One more thing 
um, that they did, they did is they, they tried to change their names. They tried to change their names. And all of these men had names honoring their God. It's the same one that we worship. That the names that honor God. So what did the, the people do then? The, their captors, they tried to change their name. Which means they tried to change their um, of um, they tried to change their identity, like who they were, where they come from. They tried to remove that from how they think. It's a way that they in, in, in indoctrinate them to remove their c- c- culture. And each time that these men heard their names, the people w- wanted them to know that our God won, and you lost, and now you have a new allegiance. You are now aligned with us. So forget your old ways, forget where you come from, forget everything. You are now with us in this new place. And if you think about it, um, where we are now today, Who do you identify with? Who is, who is your friends? And how are you in f- 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 front of your friends and how are you here at church? Did you accept what they, what they put on you, the name they put on you, and now you live that way with them to be accepted? Or in your heart, you will make the right ch- ch- choice to serve God and maybe lose your friends. Next one is verse 5. It, it speaks about entering the king's s- s- service. And now the boys sit with a, a, a dilemma. Which king will they serve? Because now they presented with all these nice things, but it's not, it's not what they were learned, uh, what they would, were taught back home in Israel. So now, what do we do? They were were raised with a knowledge that God is above everything. God is above everything, but we must also know that the teachers in Israel in those days were hypocrites because the people actually worshipped idols. They practiced idol worship in the temple of God. But these young men knew where they came from. They they know the truth. For us as well today, uh, um, believers or unbelievers, we actually all know the truth. How can I even say that? Because somewhere along the line, since young until now, you've heard the truth of God. If you say no ways, like there was, there were never ever anyone that talked to me about Jesus, about the truth. So there's in a way, then I'm going to take you back to scriptures, and it says in Hebrews, um, it's, it's not on there, but it says in Hebrews 10 that the Lord 
wrote the law, the law, what is right, what's wrong, on everyone's hearts and minds, every human being. So very um, subtly, but each and every one of us know, a believer or unbeliever, you know in your heart what is right and and what is wrong, because God put that on each and everyone's hearts and minds. And this scary thing is, it says also in Hebrews, and I'm not going to speak about that today, but none of us can claim ignorance that we do not know what is right and what is wrong. Because everyone knows what's right and wrong. Amen? So that begs the question for us. With everything that we know about God and that we actually know deep down inside, no matter how, no matter how much we try to resist that deep down inside, we know the truth. So now which way are we going to choose? Which kingdom do we choose to serve? So, back to the four men. That they still sit with the issue, which king will they serve? Now, for us today, um, the, the world that we live in, it gives us lots of good things, delicacies. Like they, they offered the boys. For us, now the world offers loads and loads of that as well. Um, I read on the internet one day, this one man, he calls it the four G's. He's guys, girls, gold, and glory. That's what we struggle with. That's all the things that the world says, hey, there you go. Nice. Have some more. Have some more money. Have some more gold. Some more girls. Some more guys. And again with that is we need to choose who we serve, God or the world. I mean, for these six men, for, for, the, for these four young men, what was the big deal anyway? It was, all, it was all just about food. You put that on the slider. Thank you, Benna. It's all just about food, right? That, that they only had to choose between Hemsburg steak and and uh, a Woolies salad. So they took the salad. But it's only f f food. And for us as well, you know, the Lord, He wants good stuff for us. I mean, He loves us. We're, we, we're all His, his children. So He wants good things for us, right? And it's true and it's right, but the thing is, we need to understand there's a, a difference between what is right for us, what we feel is right, what we think is right, and what is actually a good thing from God. Because sometimes we've got lots of good things in our heart, but it's, it's good things for us and it's our own desires. But Scripture says that there is a way that seems right to a man, that seems good to us, it seems right to us, 
but its end is the way of death. Its end is the way of death. Amen? Let's look at Daniel 1 verse 8. Daniel 1 verse 8. You guys still okay? You with me? Is it a bit harder, hard message this morning? It's, it's a bit straight. Daniel 1 verse 8. It says the following. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portions of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with, with the portions of the king's delicacies. So this verse 8 is one that we, we just sort of read over because it's, it's just there, okay, he went on a fast and we all know about that. But we miss what that actually means. This one, this one small of, of verse is, uh, is overlooked. It's a, it's a turning point to the whole story. It's a turning point to the whole story. Um, can we put on slide number seven? Is it on? It's a resolution that he took in his heart. He made a conscious decision to do right by God, not by what the, the world says and wants. They focused solely on doing right by God, and that changed their whole story. It says, as the twig is bent, so grows the tree. So they were inclined to, the twig is bent that way, they were inclined to follow God and His truths. Because that, that's what they knew, and they stuck to what they knew. They f f f focus 100% on God. And remember what Jesus said in Luke 16. He said that one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. So these men, they chose a little thing, food. I mean, it's just steak, no steak, wine, no wine. A little thing. But they made that choice to stay faithful to their God, which means... God will promote them and they will be faithful also in much. The Chaldeans, the captors, they changed Daniel's name, but they failed to change his nature. Amen? His convictions were rooted in Scripture, in the spiritual. He didn't take the, fifth, the, the, the physical issues into consideration because he knew in his heart that it's a spiritual thing. 
It's not about what's happening here. It's what happened in the spirit. And also, he, d- he did not take no for an answer. He did not give up his ethics and his beliefs due to cultural pressure. So the, the world says, yes, do that. Yeah. Otherwise, man, you're boring, dude. He said, it's fine. And then I'm boring. It's fine. But I'm not going to give up what I believe in. Amen? So, so if you take that back to, to us today, is what do we compromise on when it comes to group and peer pressures? Like I know way back when I was much younger, um, I loved the lacquer drunk braai. Huh? Let's say it straight. Went to a, 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 a braai, and you know, it's always good get wasted. It's lacquer. Next day, I, I, I'm in church, and I sing gesang tien, grote God on ieder jaar. And I'm just, whew, that was a good weekend. And that's lip service. That is lips. Um, to God, like I, I didn't choose Him. I said, yes, I'm in church. I'm a believer. And I know Him and everything, but my actions and what I chose to do every day was not Him. It was the world. So. Number eight there on the slides is Daniel did not make his decisions alone. He had um, three friends with him. And that's why we we always say that your friends matter. If you hang with friends all the time, you know, that sort of pulls you away from God. But it's like, you know, they, they accept you. Hashtag love wins. They accept you as you are. But in essence, they pull you away from God. They're not your friends, my friend. They fake. Let's put it straight. They're not your friends. They pull you away from God. Everything that pulls you away from Him, it's fake. So leave them. Make new friends. Yes, but they will change one day. They'll change. I will be there to help them change. No, they will not. You will not help them to change. They need to make their own decision to change. Amen. I mean, there's a, a, a saying that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So be careful who we hang out with. Um, let's read quickly Daniel 1, verse 14 to 16. Okay, you all all right so far? Pretty quiet in here. Daniel 1. Verse 14 to 16. Um, so, and as you see, fit to deal with your servants, okay. And this verse 14. So he consented with them in this matter. So he said, it's okay, you guys, you can leave the steak. I'll give you veggies. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. And at the end of the ten days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all 
the young men who ate the proportion of the king's delicacies. Thus, the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. That's a hard read. Took away all the good stuff, gave them vegetables. Amen. Yes. So, what we see from that, because they made a hard choice, hard choice for God, the Lord began to look after them. He began to change them from the inside out. They were actually beginning to look different. They could People could see on the, the outer look, but also on, on the, ins, the inside, that they began to look d- different. And rem- remember what we said way back in the year is that the Lord wants us to be set apart. He wants children of, of God not to look and act like the world, but He wants us set apart. But it comes with that hard choice that we make to follow Him. So because they chose to serve God, they began to look different. So he set them apart from the rest. So as with them, with us as well, when we choose him, God will set us apart for our future roles in a world that's spiritually very hostile. So that's why he wants us to be set apart. The officials gave the men vegetables, a tomato, potato, whatever else. But what did they receive from God? It says God gave them knowledge and understanding. It's something of more of eternal worth. It's not just worldly little gifts. Eternal worth. Amen. Daniel 1, verse verse 18 to 21. It says, Now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the, the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 19, Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king, and in all matters, not some, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten, ten times better than all the magicians and the astrologers, all the soothsayers, whatever, palm readers. Um, he found them ten times better a better um, than all magicians and the astrologers who were in all his realm. Thus, Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. So, because they served the Lord, because they chose to follow him in everything that they did, God showed them um, God showed them 
favor. And he gave them influence in a, a way that also influenced the whole system. So, at the end of today, what can we learn from the story of Daniel? In closing, what can we learn from this story of Daniel? In 2 Corinthians 5, it says that, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. So you and me, if we are believers, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. So, and there's a few things, things on there. Is number one, we are ambassadors of, of Christ. So, for each and every one here, if you're an ambassador, it means you have a purpose. Amen. What we can also see is that we, as in you and me, we all have to choose who will serve, but it's up to you as an individual. It's not up to me or Marissa or your friend. Like you choose whom you will serve. It's a conscience, a conscious a decision of your hearts and your minds. It's a conscious a decision of your hearts and your minds. We live in a captive world that now also trying to make you captive so that you will accept everything that the, 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 the world says. It tries to pull you to accept worldly values, worldly beliefs. But whatever the world gives, it leads to eternal death. But when we choose God, it brings us eternal life and life in abundance. Amen. And when we choose him, God will set us apart from the rest of the world. God preserves and he looks after his faithful ones. He gives them favor and gifts much more than the world can give us. Amen. And before I pray now, um, before I pray now, it says in the book of Acts, Acts, Acts 4, verse 31, that when the people prayed for a boldness, God answered them. So, we sit here today, and many of us, we are believers, but it's hard for us to make the choice for God, to choose Him 100%. There's just so many things that's holding us back. We struggle to choose Him. There's some of us here that we haven't made a decision yet for God. Because again, it, it takes a step of faith. It, and it's not just faith. To take that step, you need to be bold. 
So I'm going to pray for everyone today to have that boldness to choose God. And because we're speaking about that as well, who you choose, I'm going to put you on the spot today. And I'm going to ask everyone here, if you choose him, a believer or unbeliever, but to stand up. And then we pray. Take the, the bold step and stand up. But remember when you say you choose him, it comes with a cost. It's not going to be easy. Not in the world. However, the Lord will, he will look after you. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. And I'm going to begin, Lord, with a a, a verse in Acts 4, verse 31 that says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. So I pray now that each and everyone here take that bold step and open their hearts. You can raise your hands to the the Lord and say, Lord, I choose you. Take that step now. Because his rewards are eternal life. His rewards are eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, our Heavenly Father. Thank you that you are everlasting. We thank you, God, that you are my my Father, Lord God, and and that my enemies, my enemies tremble before you. You are Lord God. You are my rock. You are my salvation. You are my fortress, Lord God. You are my deliverer. And I pray, Lord, that I will live for you, that I will live 100% for you. Lord, I am your ambassador. Give me, Lord God, the boldness to live out that purpose that you have for me on earth. We thank you for that, Lord God. And it says in your word, Lord God, because you are with us, nothing can stand against us. So, Lord God, we take that and we thank you for each and everyone here that we say, Lord God, you are with me and nothing that comes against me will prosper because you are my God. You are my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. And Lord, because we are children of God, because we are with you in your kingdom, that there is nothing that we have to fear. There is no fear have power over us, Lord God, because we are your children. Yes, Lord, I pray that we step out in that boldness, that all those things that we think 
gives us fear that we will overcome that thing because it's only a thing, Lord God. There is no reason to fear anything or everyone. As it says in your word, Lord God, in Proverbs, the righteous are as bold as lions. I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you will come and that you will just release a boldness over your children now. Come, Holy Spirit, and just release that boldness over your children now. Let them make the right choice, God. Choose you. Choose you. And I pray, Lord, that you will help us fix our eyes on you. So that when we are attempted, that we will not look at all the issues around us, but that we will solely focus on you, God. And put our eyes on you and nothing and no one else. We thank you, Lord God. And as it says, Lord, in your book of Acts, where it stands, Now, Lord, look on your threads, on their threads, and grant to your servants, that's us, Lord God, that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm just asking that each and every one out here just take a few seconds and, and see where you are at with God. Are you, you, you serving Him wholeheartedly or only lip service? It is actually a big issue. Take your time. Make that heart check and then make a decision. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve the world? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Today is your day to make the choice. If you haven't yet, today is your day. We do not know what the world will hold tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. We, th- we thank you, Lord, that you are a good God. We, th- we thank you, Lord, that we can come to you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are there, that you are always there in a way that we can always choose you. You are always present, Lord God. You are never distant. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace and for your your mercy. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone says, Amen.